podcast with Amanda, Shandy, and Colleen. My name is Colleen. My name is Amanda. And I'm Shandy. Welcome to the show, everybody. This is season eight, episode six, episode number 321. How is it going? Pretty good. All right. <laughs> yeah? Any, anything, uh, anything out of the ordinary happened to anybody this week? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, last week we talked about how three out of three broads were now married. And I really liked that and enjoyed that sort of like all of us three out of three broads are 39 three out of three broads are married unfortunately now three out of three broads have also had covid yeah the the worst hat trick yeah i was really enjoying the one holdout um and no offense but i blame it on north carolina just gonna say it yeah i'm sorry well, and to be fair, it's like, not out of the ordinary. It does seem to be uh, like there's a bit of a surge right now. So there's certainly yeah. a bit of a surge. And what I learned sort of through the grapevine, not even like officially, but through like what other people have said, not what my leadership has told me directly, because that would require communication. Um, wild. <laughs> there's been like a lot of cases in the building, which like, hmm, if I would have yeah. known that, like I would have maybe donned a mask. At work. Yeah. I would have made a few different choices for myself. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Like information is power. And um, so yeah, here I am. Yeah. I didn't feel I didn't feel super great on Friday. And so I stayed home from work. I took a COVID test. It was negative. So I was like, okay. And then there's always this like I don't like hesitate to take sick days if I'm not feeling great, but there's there's still this like, I think, you know sort of like Protestant influence in the back of my brain that's Mm -hmm. like, are you just being lazy? And I thought maybe I was just kind of being lazy, but then I like slept off and on all day, which is just like, whoa. I was just like, yeah. I was like, okay, that was, and I had a sore throat. I was like, okay, that that was like, I don't know. There's a bunch of stuff going around, whatever. Um, And then Saturday I got up and like was still not feeling any better at all. Took two COVID tests like kind of simultaneously because I'd started one and then was like, Oh, that one has expired. So I will do another one at the same time. Just, just in case they were both super positive. Yeah. Apparently some of the, um, the test makers have come back and said that like their tests are actually good longer than the expiration date. Ah. Which makes sense. And I remember, I remember like reading something on NPR about, like what to do like they're like you know it's like everything it's not like the day after the expiration date it doesn't work anymore but just like maybe the the efficacy efficacy got it i did it nailed it (laughs) perhaps goes down so i didn't want to like get a false negative because of that which is why right but anyway definitely positive um, I am sorry. Yeah. So basically yeah. what you're saying is your slogan for this episode is this Barbie has COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And let me tell you. So I like wanted to file a workers' compensation claim, um, not because I necessarily need like compensation, but because I want it on file because this is a workplace infection. You know, it's like, yeah, you just mm-hmm. you never know if you're going to get long COVID like. So, um, but that's apparently complicated. But then I was told by my union that like, you absolutely still can do that and blah, blah, blah. Here are the instructions. Go through the Department of Labor, like directly. This is like a whole thing. Um, But 
I need a PCR test for that, which makes sense. Like you have to prove like, oh, my, you I, know. I know where you're going with this. My, my, my pictures that I took <laughs> on my phone, you know, the pictures that I sent you, although they are timestamped, like I get that that's not like proof positive. Like, okay. So today I had an appointment at fucking Walgreens to go because I, this has happened before. Like when I thought I might have COVID and I wanted to mm -hmm. do a PCR mm -hmm. and essentially I never got one here because like, it was just too complicated and it was just like, I didn't even know fucking how. So before like, what what ended up happening i think twice that i thought i had covid before was you know i did like the home test like every day for like yeah. five days and it was always <laughs> negative and then i felt yeah. better and this is like okay that's it's <laughs> probably i'm probably good yeah. didn't end up needing it this time like i actually know i have covid but i do need it just for like paperwork purposes so with walgreens what was annoying before was like one time i tried to walk in to get a test and like, you can't walk into walgreens and get a test Okay, you have to make a fucking appointment, so you have to be at a computer. It's really annoying on your phone, so whatever. So I knew this now because of past experience. Go onto their website, make an appointment, get to the appointment. First of all, like they're not. There's a problem with my insurance. I'm like, I have two fucking insurances right now because we both like. Rob and I both have insurance. I've never been so insured in my life except <laughs> when I look double insured. Uh, um. And like call the insurance. I had called the insurance previously to make sure, and then and they were like, "Yeah, it's fully covered." Like we're still fully covering COVID tests. Blah blah. I'm like, "Well, it's fully covered." Blah blah. And they're like, "Well, I just really wouldn't want you to have to pay out of pocket." I was like, "Cause I mean, I can just I can pay, and then which is 129 dollars, which is just yeah. like, can we talk about how ridiculous that is and prohibitive that is?" I was like, "I can Did pay you... out of." Sorry, go ahead. Well, I, 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 I can have to say about pay out of pocket and then just like submit for reimbursement oh like that's I, such a fucking racket yes oh, that's but crazy. like i can do that worst case scenario and she's like well i don't want you to have to pay and blah 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 like let me call do you want to come back like this afternoon i can call it's the manager like, no, here I, and like i just person yeah and then call you back and of course they never fucking called me back so finally i called them back and then I was like, oh, I'm like, the, you know, this person's on vacation and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, I'm sure that my insurance is going to reimburse me because they said they would. So I can just submit it for reimbursement. I get down there. They fucking don't have the PCR test. No. Because the only what ones that they... You already gave them your money. What? Well, I hadn't given them any money. Oh, but, okay. But, okay. I had, but I had gone, I had gone to this fucking place twice now. And... It's like, why did your system let me make an appointment for a PCR test if you don't have tests? And apparently she said they hadn't had them since like January. And I was like, oh my God. Why has nobody taken a PCR since January? Those it is silly. August, correct? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know Eden had spring break last week, but like we're still in August. <laughs> no, no, spring break is coming up. It's, it's oh, coming yeah. up in a couple of weeks. Oh no, shit, maybe no we all still in like February. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Like, sorry, like I realize it's not your fault, and because they hadn't come, I don't. Ugh. I was like, why did the system let me make an appointment? I was like, where in this town can you get a PCR? And she was like, oh, you could try the, you could try like a, a walking clip or like a what is that called? Um, an urgent care or something like that. I'm like, okay. So I look through my insurance to make sure that I have one that's in my network because that happened yeah. once when I did have the flu that I went to an mm -hmm. urgent care, but I didn't check that it was in my network and I had to pay like $20 oh. for, for a doctor to see me for literally 30 seconds to tell me yeah. to get some rice. Um, so that's how I got my, my positive PCR was when I went to urgent care. 
Yeah. Okay. So I call the urgent care and I'm like, Hey, I have COVID. I need a PCR. Can you, is that something you can do? Yes. So I go straight down there, like right before I get there. Cause they were closing at five. I got there at four She was like, if you can get here before we close at five, I was like, okay, on it. Need a PCR. <laughs> I thought I was going to be in and out. Oh no. Oh no. They, okay. So first, you know, they, they asked the purpose for my, my visit to get a PCR test. I had to fill out all the normal paperwork that you would at a, at a doctor's office. Yeah. And it's like, what, what's wrong today? I need a PCR test. So this has been my thing that I'm saying from the very beginning. I need a PCR test. Then, okay, so they take me like pretty much right away and like put me in a room. So I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, this is going to be fast. Then I have to wait for like quite a while. 20 minutes really? later, a nurse comes in. And then she's like taking my blood pressure, asking me when my last period was, taking me out to weigh me. And I tried. I tried. Because I have heard tell of people being like, you know, taking your weight, like, it's kind of... What the fuck does that matter if you have COVID or not? Right, exactly. But even in general, like, it's kind of bullshit for a lot of things. And... Like, why I, do you I, need to do that? And it can... I know that they do that with children because if they need to get the dosage properly sure. for the medication right. properly, but you're not getting a prescribed medication. No, even, even like, even for example, when you go to, I know from my gynecologist, uh, that always used to be part of the thing. Like they would weigh me every yeah. time that I went. And finally I was like, can we just not like, yeah, cause yeah, it's okay. But this woman would not let me not, could not opt out. Okay. So she made me do that stuff, which is like, this is like, this is like a, a, a doctor's visit. Like, what's going on? I just need a PCR test. And then she's like doing all my intake stuff and uh, have, like asked me like, when was my last period? Again, who the fuck cares? Also, now I'm like very reticent to give out that information also because yeah, right. reasons. But also like, you know, I'm feeling so much better than I was. But I still have COVID. I still have a headache. I still don't have as much energy as normal. I've been here at this point for like a half an hour. I'm not going to rack my brain to try to remember when my last period was. Yeah. So I'm just like, I, you know, I'm regular sometime within the last month. And she's like, but you, I have to enter this into the form. It's like, Why? Yeah, well, I'm like, no, you don't. You don't, though. <laughs> you don't. Because it's actually, not I would have started screaming about medical freedom. Right. <laughs> So yeah, that works for people. Yeah. And then she gets into like, so why are you here today? I need a PCR test. I'm COVID positive. I took two at-home tests at home. I know I'm positive, but for docu- like for you know reasons, I need like documentation. So that's why I'm here. So she goes through my symptoms and when did everything come on and, and when did you take the test and blah blah blah. Okay. So then she leaves. And then like 20 fucking minutes later, the doctor finally comes in. And starts asking me the same fucking questions, which this oh is not, this, this happens all the time, which I'm like, can, can you either read the notes of the nurse who was in here before you, or just one of you not ask the questions? Because it is really fucking annoying to have to say literally the exact information. Twice. I went through none of that when I took my test. Literally. I didn't have to Thank do you. any of that. Okay. <laughs> because they kept, the, I, I brought it up. I brought it up multiple times and I was like, I just need a PCR. Like, that's all I need. I didn't realize this was going to be like a whole thing. And they're like, oh, well, I mean, this is, you know, this is like an urgent care clinic. So we, you know, we have to go through this process. No, you don't. Okay. So. We go to urgent care more than we go to the fucking doctor. <laughs> and literally like. 
Yeah. When I went in for my COVID thing, I was like, hey, I either have, I think I have strep or maybe COVID. And they were like, okay, you want both tests? And I was like, yes, I do. And it was, it was that simple. Yeah. Oh my God. Well, okay. So this, I'm telling you by this time, by the time I'm really talking to the doctor, I've been there for like an hour. Mm. And, um, Jesus Christ. So we're like okay. chatting. <laughs> We're chatting and I'm, you know, rehashing everything that I just told the nurse about my symptoms. Then, you know, he asked like, you know, if I'm vaccinated and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I've got all of, all the vaccine vaccinations and all the boosters. Like yeah. obvi obviously I think I even said, <laughs> cause I'm feeling at this point, I'm like a little bit annoyed. So I'm like, obviously feeling punchy, yeah, a little punchy. A little punchy. <laughs> um, and then he goes, he's like, oh, you know, yeah, I don't, not what did, I texted it to Frank. Let me. I don't want to fuck up the words that he said because I was like, wow. did he say something like I don't know how helpful they are or something? He well, said he said, oh, okay. I don't I don't think COVID vaccines do much for us. And that's when I was like, I would like to see another doctor, please. You're like I'm I sorry. came to the wrong clinic. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh well, they kept me COVID free for three and a half years, so I'm very thankful for them and. You know, I was just like, what is going on? And um, weird experience. Yeah. And then I was just telling him that, like, I just need the PCR because I have to fill out this thing for like, you know, to report a workplace injury. And like, I, you know, whatever. Anyway, um, then he comes back and he's like, so unfortunately, we don't have the swabs for the PCR. Um, they were expired in January and with their. Yeah, in January is just like did the magic in, number. Did you walk into a time portal like a? <laughs> did you step back into like March? Like I don't understand. Yeah, it was really fucking crazy, and I was like, I that is literally like I called beforehand, asked if I could do a PCR. I told you it when I checked in. I wanted a PCR. I've every step of the way that I have been saying all I need is a PCR, and you're telling me that you literally don't have the stuff to do a PCR. So weird. And he's like, we could do a rapid test. Like, I don't need a rapid test. I did that at home. I did two of those at home. It's like, I, and he was like, oh, you know, those are like the efficacy. Uh, efficacy. I want to say efficacy, but that's not where you put the emphasis. Oh, I'm going like to have to. I'm going to have to spell this word out and make this a question on our next quiz. <laughs> okay. So at this point, he's telling me this and. And I'm like, then, okay, this is where I'm telling him, like, I need, because I looked at the requirements for the documentation I have to submit, but I was, again, like, I have COVID. I'm not, like, reading super close. It's like, I knew PCR was the easiest one. There was something else, like, I think maybe if the doctor, like, says there's, like, and there's a, there's a test that I did with them, and he says, like, then I think that that's fine. So, like, I'm like, I think that's what, I think that could work, but I'm not really sure. And he, and he made some remark about how the government, oh, yeah. Oh, well, you know, logic and the government doesn't really go together. And I was just like, oh, oh my God. has no fucking, no business being a doctor. <laughs> this guy was, this guy was in the, on the, in the Capitol on January 6th. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And he, and he grabbed his mug off the desk. And, it had and, a, and he, this is like, okay, this is, oh. I forgot to mention. So this is like, I mean, if you saw him, he's like this sort of like older, like, you know, just like little nice little looking like. Oh, man. so he's a Fox News viewer. Uh -huh. and, and 100%. This, this, fucking, 
This yeah. motherfucker is not wearing a mask. Like, you should, really? I, you know what? At that point, I would have fucking taken my mask off and be like, "Let's see how effective these vaccines yeah. are, bitch." Mm. Wanna, <laughs> wanna try it? It blew my mind. We're in a medical <laughs> setting. A second of all, I just told him I have COVID. The man is not wearing a mask. So, but yeah, but he, but anyway, so you know, he looks like this benevolent, like you know, old dude. But like the things that are coming out of his mouth, I'm just like seeing red. So then he leaves. And then this other woman comes in to administer the, well, to like have me swab my nose. And you then just swab your own nose? Yeah. yeah, which is fine. I I was swabbed by somebody else once in France for a, at a pharmacy and it fucking hurt. Like they went too far. I would rather swab my no, own. No, I would have been like gas in your jersey. You're swabbing my nose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're going to still bill me for all this. One of us has a medical degree. One of us does not. <laughs> yeah. I am paying for your services. I'm not trained for this. Oh my God. So I kind of went off on her and I was like, I was like, just so you know, like, you know, if, because I told her about the PCR thing, I was like, every step of the way, that's all I ask. And I was like, I know it's not your fault, but it's just that I don't understand. And she's like, I'll be sure to mention that on our next, like, you know. Oh, jerk off motion. Bullshit. And, And I was like, okay, well, and also, by the way, you know, if if the doctors like are anti-vax and anti-government, they should probably just keep that to themselves. Also, mm. she's like, "Oh, I'll be sure to mention that too." It's like, "Okay, thanks." So we did the test. Then I thought she was the one that was going to come back to read the results, but no, it was him. And she fucking went and told him like right away what I had said because he came in and he was like, "Just so you know, like I'm not anti-vax. I'm not. I'm not against the government." I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> she's yeah, like, yeah, I just want to like, leave. I just want to leave. <laughs> This is what made me think of a January 6th calling because then he was like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm re- truly a patriot. And like later on, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure the people that were at the Capitol on January 6th also think of themselves as patriots. But anyway, he was like, I just, you know, I uh, it, it didn't really like some of how the pandemic went down. At this point, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what you're trying to say here, but that's when I like kind of went into it. And I was like, oh yeah, I totally understand, you know? some of how the pandemic went down in certain places wasn't great. You know, I lived most of the pandemic in California and the experience was very different. Like, I feel like if I was still there, I wouldn't have gotten COVID, but apparently the people here don't take it very seriously and I can't even get a PCR test anywhere. And anyway, that was my little like, that was your internal dialogue, internal monologue, internal monologue, but it came out. It was very much externalized. Oh, okay. 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 So you fucking said that shit. I I said that shit. I said that shit. You know, you corresponded with him over your mutual, probably favorite new movie, The Sound of Freedom. (laughs) (laughs) It was an intense movie. Uh, And, you know, everything is a real, real, real thing. We we should, I mean, we can't let crazy QAnon, like, co-opt that i guess because it actually oh they already have problem but but, it, but it's like a real life problem i know i know i'm sorry anyway. I, keep, I was just making a joke go ahead so then i externalized all of that and i think at that point he was just like you know, keep my mouth shut and it's he like he didn't you know he didn't say anything after i i and i told i because then i was kind of feeling like fuck it's like a, you know i'm sorry if i jumped to assumptions but that's just how things came off and he was like, no, it's fine. I, I probably did vote for Trump, though, and does watch Fox News. I, Who fucking knows? But we left it at that. But I do think, like, no matter what your views are, if you're a doctor, shut the fuck up. Like, 
shut the fuck up. Right. And for the vaccines thing, like, are you kidding me? I, I mean, yeah, they didn't do us any good, right? Except they helped a lot of people not have severe COVID or long COVID or die of COVID. But whatever, they didn't, do, they didn't do, because I still got COVID three and a half years later, the vaccines didn't do as well. But you know what? You got COVID on Friday and it is Tuesday and you're much better. Yeah. Well, exactly. Exactly. So there's that. There's um, that. Well, there's there's new vaccines that are coming out. Yeah. I don't, I won't be able to get it. I mean, oh, you have to get it. Weeks, another, yeah. like, right, right. No, I think, yeah. I think the, because that's the other thing that he said, huh? He was like, oh, well, and now, you know, I like, now, like, now you got COVID, you know, even if it's after three and a half years, now you got COVID. So, you know, that'll help you build up some natural immunity. You know, well, he's right there. Least, you will have. As least, as least as good as the vaccine. <laughs> at least as good as the vaccine? Okay. Did I hear you correctly? Oh, my God. Um, mm. Well, you know what? If only we knew a scientist that we could ask. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> No matter no matter what the response is about the effectiveness, um, efficacy efficacy (laughs) of vaccine versus COVID, it's always preferable to get your immunity via vaccine because then you don't run the risk of getting long COVID or having something go south. You know? Yeah. Um, So and also you don't have to be sick for five to ten days. So where was, no. was, anyway, Shandy, welcome to the club. I'm sorry that you had yeah. to join it. Ugh, it's, yeah, it's not a fun club. Thanks so no. much. Which On the one hand, it was like, it's going to it's gonna happen eventually. I kind of yes. knew that it had to happen someday. But on the other hand, like, I really liked being a COVID virgin. It was, yeah. It was pretty I think awesome. Jack is the last person I know that's never oh, had it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And I had to miss our first choir rehearsal. Oh. Oh. That was a bummer. That is a bummer. Yeah. And of course I got to find out like what some of my coworkers think about COVID, which was like cringe. Mm. Yeah. Frank was telling me today I had a conversation with somebody at work and mentioned that like I was out with COVID and she said, um, and this is somebody that I like really like. And so it kind of unfortunately changes the way that I see her. But um mm. she said that COVID is psychological. Oh no. Ooh, yeah. that's no. I've never heard that one. Yeah. It's not though. In your head, yeah. Yeah. That one's not great. No, that it's not great. Not, and Frank was like, you know, it's not amount of people, however many he's like like died of COVID though. Mm. And she was like, Oh, they didn't really have, they didn't have COVID though. So but are you sure about that? Yeah. <laughs> Let's unwrap this a little bit. What what do you think yeah. what do you feel yeah. like they had instead? Oh, yeah. And, well, I feel like they did, though. <laughs> I guess she was also saying, like, oh, no, maybe she has the flu. And he was like, so you believe that the flu exists, but not COVID? Quick, someone hand oh. me some popcorn. Let's uh, let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah. Oh, my God. So. That's what reminds me. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah. Mm. Oh my God. I, yeah. I am sorry. Yeah, I guess now, now the uh, the competition is on. Which broad is going to get it? For the second time. No, let's not have that. <laughs> Don't remember that in the, to the universe. Why would you say that? <laughs> no, no, no. We're good. We're good. Yeah. No. Yeah. I take it back. I take it back. I'll edit it out. One and done. Yeah. It's not gonna. It's not gonna exist anymore. Okay. <laughs> well, apparently it's psychological. So yeah. So it doesn't even matter. Yeah, <laughs> mine don't like, matter. Think positive, right? Think positive. Placebo. Thoughts. Placebo. Yeah. 
Yeah. Essential oils. Yeah. And if you have any sort of complications or end up dying of COVID, then you just weren't thinking positively enough. No. <laughs> Your crystals weren't mental fully charged. Is, it's always a <sighs> mental health problem, Shandy. Always. <laughs> but you think that would be a better reason, you know, to fund mental health and yeah, staff yeah. it up good. But mm -hmm. mm, no, no, no. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm very sorry. Oh, thanks. Um, I've been watching a lot of TV because I'm like still in isolation. Oh, nice. Been, Anything good? Um, I binged the first. There's only one season out, but um, Survival of the Thickest. Yeah, I, I cannot would recommend like it. Watch that. Barely enough. Yeah. I've never heard of it. It's really fucking good. It's uh, Michelle Buteau. Yes. Okay. Who I love. Um, it's amazing. It's I love the friendships in the show. I'm trying not to like say what I like without giving anything away, but like just some like men and women being friends, actually friends. Cool. Um, it's like a mostly black cast. It's a mostly uh, black crew too, I believe. Awesome. A that friend makes of sense. a friend was the cine cinematographer. Amazing. Who is a badass black woman. Uh, awesome. Very talented. Cool. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, it's also like very, very cool in terms of like a lot. Of, it's like pretty queer. Like there's a lot of queer stuff, um, which I really enjoy. What is this on? I think it was on Netflix. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's Netflix adapted from bad, her yeah. Um, memoir. Yeah. Memoir. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if, cause I didn't actually Google to see if there's going to be a season two or anything, or if it was just like a, an eight episode since it is based on her memoir. Um, you know, I could see that going either way. But if there's a second season, I will 100% watch it. But um, Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you like it. It's definitely on my super, list Super, super good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Really good. I have not, um, uh, yeah, I've not watched anything in a long time. I'm very behind on things. I, like, can't even remember half the stuff I watched. I've, I finished Abbott Elementary. Oh, oh so good. I so love fun. Abbott. But I feel like I kind of slept through some of the episodes of season two not because i didn't like them but because i had covid <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think i'll have to rewatch season two at some point but yeah that was fun well i'm currently i'm watching um i started watching what is it called firefly lane oh my god oh, i watched the first yeah. season of that um no desire i kind of do too but it. it's can't be trash but i love it yes. yeah no but i, I, I kind of love it I'm super here for it. I didn't watch the second <laughs> season yet, but <laughs> I did like the first season. Oh my goodness. Daniel and I started watching Painkiller because, you know, we have just like a masochistic streak in us. Yes. Uh, yeah. On the total opposite end of the spectrum. Very what is What is that? It is um, uh, a look into the opioid e epidemic. Oh, and, yes. Uh, Purdue Pharma's uh, role mm. in how mm. they rolled out Oxycontin and how, mm. you know, the, yes. it's all their fault, essentially. Nice. For, I wonder if Frank's seen that. He's been watching a lot of those uh, documentaries and stuff it lately. just hit Netflix. Okay, so maybe not. Yeah. There was it some just, other stuff, but okay. Yeah, it's the same director that did Friday Night Lights and Tim Riggins is in oh, it. Oh, Tim Riggins is in it? Love me some Tim Riggins. Um, so, like, Daniel found it because uh, I think the Times did, like, a uh, an interview with Tim Riggins. I'm sorry, whatever his, the actor's real name, Taylor something. Yes. But I don't know. Taylor, is Taylor with some of the K? Yeah. 
Taylor Kitsch, Tim Riggins. Tim Riggins forever. Uh, but Matthew Taylor Broderick. Kitch. I was right. Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch. Kitsch. Uh, yeah, Matthew Broderick is in it, and uh, Uza Dubo from. Oh, okay, um, cool. Orange is uh, New Black. Orange is the New Black, and uh, that that other Miss Miss America. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Love her. Awesome. Mm-hmm. We are watching. We started Only Murders in the Building season three. Oh, oh my gosh! I didn't realize it was out already. Paul Rudd and Meryl Streep. I knew that yes. part. Yes. Okay. Same. Same. That was like early COVID. That was like Friday. <laughs> Ugh, I'm going to have to find my Hulu password. All of our apps have logged yeah. me out of Hulu. So every time yeah. I go in and it asks me to log in, I'm like, oh, fuck that. I'll go watch something else. <laughs> yeah. No, it's and- worth it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm very excited for the season. Also, um, speaking of things that like there's only a couple of episodes out that you like watch and then you're like, uh, what we do in the shadows and Reservation Dogs. Uh, I got to get back into both of those shows. I have. Yeah, I, I have to catch up on what we do in the shadows. Yeah. And the other thing that we're watching is season two of the after party because we loved season one and season two is just as good. So okay. it's a murder mystery and each episode is told from a different character's point of view. And the detective oh, is um, Tiffany Haddish. Oh, and like, I love her. So she's she's like she's a detective, but like each um, each episode and this was the same in season one. It's a different perspective. And like there was even like a musical episode in season one. Um, in season two, they like totally changed themes. So there's like one that's um, you know like a black and white one, like a, a 20s kind of gangster perspective. There's one this guy, he's like um, a conspiracy theorist, and it's it's all very very fun. Like it's very fun. Uh, one of the episodes is a, a Wes Anderson style. I think I tried. To, I watched an episode of this on an airplane. What is okay. what is it on? uh hold on the after party it's it's really really fun um yeah it's oh and sam richardson is the other guy that's in it okay yeah this all sounds like stuff it's on apple tv plus oh i think we still have that yes it's very the first season is really good too maybe is in it maybe blue what's your Uh, name yeah oh fun um Actually, a shitload of people are in season one. Season one is the they're at this after party for a concert of this guy named Xavier that they were all friends with in like high school or college or whatever. And Xavier, you find out in the beginning, is the one that ends up getting murdered. And they need to backtrack and interview each witness to find out which one there did it. So it's kind of like Clue, but in in amazing TV form. Cool. That sounds awesome. Yes. yes. Nice. Yeah. Fun quick watches. Uh, yeah, and then uh, speaking of TV, the only other thing I have here is Jay is going to be on the Steve Harvey show. What? I think, as you guys may know, last September he went and filmed it. Right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> speaking of the longest, shortest time for totally <laughs> longest, shortest time. Yes. But yeah, so uh, it's a it's a it's a geek dad life like a toy sh- a toy dispute. So it's very very nerd heavy. However, I hear it's going to be hilarious. I'm very excited. So it will have already aired by the time you hear this, but I believe you'll be able to watch it on ABC's app or Hulu or something because it's so it's it's, it's going to be live eight o'clock on August 16th, Wednesday at 8 p.m. on ABC. So, yeah, I'll have to see. Sometimes we get ABC on the digital antenna. Not always. Yeah. Sometimes we get it. I think I think we currently get it. So I'll have to see. Okay, it's going to be really fun, though. Yeah, this is great. 
Yes, I'm very excited. I believe he's one of three cases, but it's the season finale. And there's been on Steve Harvey's Instagram, like the, the show's Instagram page, there's been all sorts of pictures and stuff and, oh, and gifts oh, from the episode. So, yes, it's very fun. <laughs> yeah, very excited. Good to awesome. go. Um, how about this? Uh, why don't we take our break now? So that way I can tell people that we are going to talk about Barbie directly after the break. Perfect. Okay. Seamless. So we'll do that. And then we come back. We're going to talk about Barbie. Because I'm Yay. guessing Shandy didn't see Oppenheimer because COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be right back. All right. We are back. We're ready to get into our discussion about Barbie. Yay. Was, Yay. Yes. I can't make the joke, though who has become death to destroy our worlds because neither of you have seen Oppenheimer, but <laughs> I was there. I had it ready. <laughs> we try. I mean, seriously, like we got closer to doing a Barbenheimer than I ever thought we would. Um, I'd still say see the movie if you can, because it's really yeah, good. It's right. very yeah. well made. The acting yeah. is spectacular. Like yeah, I think so Josh like, Hartnett has a good chance of being nominated for an Academy Award. What? Josh Hartnett's in this movie too. Josh Hartnett I, has yeah. a really big part in this oh, movie. Oh, Josh Hartnett. Good for I you. Know. Good for you, Glenn Coco. <laughs> But you know what? Barbie and Appenheimer both deal with existential crises of existing. So they actually have very similar themes. Mm. Truly, I swear to God, they're just very different storytelling. So Mm. it was a bit of a mind fuck the day we saw it because we saw Oppenheimer first and it's heavy because obviously the story, it is heavy. The subjects matter. And because it's a biography about Oppenheimer. It's not like yes it's about the bomb but there's still like half an hour 45 minutes of the movie left after the bomb is dropped because it literally tells his life story like until like right before he dies like you know it's 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 a story so i can i can like i i read the criticisms when that movie came out and this is all said about it we go to barbie where people are like well the you know they tested the bomb and it was awful the way that they they tested it and disturbed like you know native populations and um hispanic populations living in new mexico and i'm like yes that that is awful and that is definitely something that should have its own movie focus like the movie the focus of this movie was just about oppenheimer the man like there wasn't even Mm -hmm. like so so that's that's what but but yes it it deals with existential crisis so jay was like after we saw barbie he was like so what did you think of barbie and i'm like I was like, oh my God, there's so much existential, like both movies. Like I can't even like wrap my brain around it. <laughs> We're all and I would imagine, right. And I would imagine seeing Oppenheimer first made you like already sort of mm. hyper aware to like plug into that. Yeah. Like, it's heavier. But at the same time, I think that that's still the way to do it because all the happiness of the cheerfulness and the comedy of mm. Barbie because it obviously handles it a very different way. Right, but it's all the same themes, and I think you were already, like, queued up to be seeing those themes, so you yes. probably <laughs> registered them on, like, a yeah. deeper and more visceral level yes. than you yes. would have if you just saw Barbie. Yes. As we so say, they- in education, your schemata was activated. Yes. Oh, my. Yes. Step yes, one of your lesson was. plan. And anyway, so blah, 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 blah. Okay, let's just go to Barbie. It's a good movie. I recommend it. If anybody wants to put in feedback for Oppenheimer in the future, 
be very I, happy. To I would so it. very much like to see it. I feel like it's, Christopher it's Nolan movies are ones that like are made to be seen in a theater. Yeah, and I'm sure it'll be in the theater for quite a while longer. Yeah, and I will say the scene where they because you never see uh, the scene where they do the test bomb is so well done, and I can't even tell you like I get chills thinking about it. Like it's just it's so well done. It's a good filmmaker. He really it's is very very well done, and uh, the way it ends, I think Amanda, because you're you know kind of very in tune on like how filmmaking and all that. I think you're because I. Jack and I were there and, you know, we talked during movies because I was saying this to Jack. Um, and like, you know, we're like, I think this person is blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, me too. I think this. And so, you know, we were in the back in the corner. So, you know, whatever. It was fine. But like at one point I was like, I think this is going to happen. And he was like, yeah, that's totally going to happen. And then uh, we were we were right. And I think you're going to have the same thought about the way that it ends the last scene. Mm. So just keep that in your mind too. Okay. Uh, oh, Robert Downey Jr. is in this movie oh, as an yeah. as a old um, Republican senator. <laughs> Interesting. And I guess this is real life history. One of the people that opposed him in real life, um, like you know, uh, was uh, uh, JFK. Huh. So huh. he's not in the movie, but he's talked about in the movie. Interesting. It's it's very well done. Like if if you go in there and you're prepared for the subject matter, like and and you can put that aside, you know, like it's it's very well done. And the acting is great. Like Florence Pugh has a scene with and like okay, I'm gonna I'll I'll be honest. She spends a lot of the movie fucking naked, and she said that she was fine with it. Yeah, I feel like you can't really be mad about that. I, I was not. I feel like if I um, looked like her, I would want to be naked yeah. a lot too. Yes, but like there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of Florence Pugh titties in the movie. Like mm. just straight up. Um, the end. That's it. I'm selling this movie hard, guys. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back to Barbie. <laughs> Sanskrit and uh, Florence Pugh tits. Okay. Um, back to Barbie. What did you guys think? It was really fun. It was a it was a delight. I think it really. Um, did everything I was expecting it to do, and then a lot of things I wasn't expecting it to do. Oh, go on. I just, I Were feel... You, can I just ask before you go on? Yeah. Did you know about the movie beforehand? Because I went in, and I, I, I knew nothing other than that it dealt with the patriarchy. And that's all I knew. I knew nothing yeah. about it. I, I, knew, I knew nothing about it, to the point where, like, I was, like, trying to explain it to Daniel afterward, and I was like, oh, like, I don't want to give the beginning away to you, because I feel <laughs> like it's just, like, it's so fun to walk in, like, not really understand, like, like just not knowing it's coming, and then it's, like, come to, come to find out the rock I was living under it was, like, very large, and, like, that was literally the first teaser for the movie, was, like, the opening The scene. opening scene, which has... The very first ever Barbie doll. Yeah, so the the opening is an homage to 2001 A Space Odyssey. And space efficacy. Space efficacy. And it was just like such delight because I'm like, that is just a really brilliant comparison. And it really did set the tone of like, okay, like, yeah, this is a movie about Barbie, but like, we're, we're going to get a little artsy fartsy. So just, you know, both things could be true. Yeah, deal with Buckle it. Buckle up. Like, we're going on a journey together. And I feel like it just, <laughs> it set a really wonderful tone. And it just, like, it hooked me from jump. Awesome. Um, yeah. I thought it was really fun. And I, d I think I knew a little, not, not really. 
maybe maybe the same amount as you guys. I, I had heard that there was an amazing speech in it. And right. so when it happened, I, I was like, oh, too. this is yeah. the speech. I will say, um, I was sometimes, okay. yeah, yeah, no, I was going to say, I sometimes I wish I wouldn't hear things about things because yeah. I was underwhelmed by the speech too. I, but here's my thing. Because when, I had read left, it on social media. It had been all over my Facebook. Right, so yeah. I already knew it was going to happen. I, and I, like, I, just, I knew a speech was yeah. happening. And every time I, I was like, blah, 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 scroll past, scroll past. pictured it differently. Yes. Well, my thought for the speech and. Honestly, kind of like most, like the movie in general, like I kind of, um, I kind of feel like it was feminism 101 for the masses. Mm. And so I really appreciate that because yeah. it does, it needs to get out to the masses and I but love it and it was fun and everything, but it wasn't, again, if you're, if you're coming at it from like, a, I don't know, I think for us, like, I, I think that's why we're underwhelmed by the speech because yes, it was a good speech, but that's just like, that's like an like, everyday conversation for us. <laughs> go on <laughs> which you know i believe that one of the things when that appeared on my facebook was she said it took her like three days to film that because they wanted to get it like so perfect and so right that there were casting crew members that were coming up to her like at the end of each day that were reciting the speech back to her to be funny <laughs> because they had heard it so many times <laughs> Like, I respect that, that like, you know. Yeah, I think that's so funny. Like, I think that's great. Like, Greta wanted to get it so right that she just was like, nope, we're going to keep going until we get it how my vision, I envision it. Yeah, and that's great. And I think it was well done. Mm -hmm. I just think that the content, the actual content of the speech is kind of like for many people, that's an everyday conversation. And like, we're so kind of, that's like such a foundational baseline. But yeah, no, exactly. If it brings more people. It brings more people, let's fucking go. Right, and I, right. I did like I a heard... major blockbuster, the the best selling, exactly. you know, movie exactly. by a female director, you know, like whatever the accolades yep. that are pouring in. Yeah. yeah so here's like some, just to here's say some... it's almost like saying the silent part out loud. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's some yeah, quick yeah. stats. So it's made more than a billion worldwide. I believe I looked it up earlier. I believe it's like one point three billion and counting because it was still number one this past weekend. Greta Gerwig is now the highest grossing female director of all time. And Margot Robbie, who fought like hell to make this movie happen like this was she pitched like so we had the the, originally the movie was supposed to be like the lego movie and amy Mm -hmm. i'm sorry amy schumer was attached to it uh that all fell through so it was supposed to be like how the lego movie is where like barbies are telling a story and uh you know at some point along the line that fell through and uh margot robbie had long wanted to play barbie and her production company uh, I guess got the rights to it. She pitched it. She hired Greta, and she fought for her and her vision like the entire time. Like everything along the way was Margot Robbie's like, and her progression company like fighting to make sure that like they like the the scenes making fun of Mattel. Everybody, because I I did full disclosure. I did a Barbie review with Jay and um, Ralph uh, for mm-hmm. the Geek Dad live stream. And they're all big toy people. So, like, in that world, like, the fact that Mattel let people make fun of them to that extent was fucking shocking, right? Like, that was a big deal for the toy people. And that was, like, because Margot Robbie and her production company fought to make sure to to get Greta's vision, like, out there. Wow. Which I think is really great. Like, you know, um, so she's, she's like... A, currently going to make like 50 million dollars in residuals from it for her production company so like 
Um, also, there was another uh, article that came out today. This is the last statistic I, ha statistic I have. Uh, there was a survey done, and it was a small survey. It was like 2,000 people, where 22% of the people surveyed said they hadn't been to the movies in years. And half of those people included people that hadn't been to the movie. It wasn't like, I haven't been to the movies since COVID. It was like, I haven't been to the movies even since, like, before COVID. Wow. So, like, wow. women came out to see this movie, guys. Yeah. And that yeah. Is <laughs> no, it's it's great. I also, I really appreciate it. I think like the day after I saw the movie, I want to say it was like the next day or maybe two okay. days after, um, I was listening to, I was listening to some podcasts that had nothing to do with it. It was, I think it was maybe an episode of Strict Scrutiny and or an episode. Oh, I love of, Strict Scrutiny. Yeah. And also, yeah, I think that's, and the, yes, I think it was, I think it was that podcast. They were, they made like several references and I was like, thank God I just saw this movie yesterday. Okay. Okay, I know it. I get it. I'm part of the joke. Yeah, it was great. And everyone was great. Like just like everybody was having fun. They were committed. All the Kens were spectacular. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was I, yeah. like, oh, what and Alan. weird. And Ellen. <laughs> and Alan. So, oh, like deep uh, cuts, deep cuts. Okay, uh, do you guys know who was originally cast to play Alan, but then couldn't because they were had to commit to being in uh, London for ninety days to for COVID rules and all that. Mm. It was originally supposed to be Jonathan Groff. Oh, that would have yeah. been funny too. Yeah, but I think there's nobody well, more perfect than awkward Alan than Michael Sarah. Yeah, so that like it just would have been a different. <laughs> it just would have been different. <laughs> exactly. Michael Sarah is perfect. And Michael the, Sarah is perfect. The best part yeah. about Alan was when uh, he's trying to escape with America Ferreira and her daughter. And then, like, you know, they stop him. And all of a sudden, Alan's, like, you know, killing people. He <laughs> 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 was so ridiculous. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm never getting out of here. I'm never getting out of here. <laughs> wonderfully oh casted cameos the pregnant barbie was emerald's uh what's her face the director of promising young woman oh no way the white girl uh -huh. movie the white girl movie <laughs> which is literally like when i came home and was like telling daniel about the movie i was like oh yeah and the director of a single white female <laughs> you know like that's not what it's called but like that movie <laughs> that yeah uh john yeah. cena was in cameo he was yep. just happened to be on in the studio like on the same like studio soundstage that day to film oh, another right. movie so they yeah. were like hey you want to come be a merman and he was like fuck yeah i do <laughs> amazing which makes me appreciate john cena a little bit more uh -huh. yep. and then of course oh you know who also was supposed to be a ken but also could not commit to the full 90 days dan levy Oh. Really? Yes. That would have he's... also been a very different texture. That would have been a different shade of pink for the cranberry. Yeah. Which yeah. I wouldn't have wouldn't needed. Have but yeah. I don't know which Ken he was supposed to play because, by all accounts, uh, uh, Simon Similu. Who... Hold on. I got to pull up the names of everybody. Sorry. I mean, it's just Ken. Yeah. He's just Ken. Similu, <laughs> um, which I'm so sorry if I'm pronouncing that name wrong. Uh, I believe he was always supposed to be that Ken and obviously Ryan Gosling was supposed always supposed to be beach Ken which by the way I'm gonna beat you off 
the beach off stuff. Off. Amazing. Oh my God. The joke never got old. It never got so old. Never old. I, and I am not one who enjoys like beating a joke into the ground. I was I was here for that. Beating a joke into the ground. Usually not here for it. But this instance, on board. On board. I would beat Nobody. that joke into the ground any day of the week. Nobody is beaching anybody off. Beaching anybody off. <laughs> Okay, there's been Oscar buzz for Ryan Gosling, and I have to admit, I am on board with it because he was committed, and he was—he's been giving interviews for the last year. Like he, you could tell, like he got Ken, yeah, and like understood the assignment, and was just like one of those rare like men who wasn't threatened by what he was doing, who was like on board and just got it. And because because I've read a whole bunch of interviews with him over the last year. And, you know, he's just talking about like, oh, you know, my daughters were there when I was preparing and they couldn't give two shits about Ken, you know, so that was, help- you know, and it was just, he was just saying helpful. a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> he was saying a lot of things that, you know, you could tell that he was relating it to the movie, but yeah. without the context of the movie, you know, you didn't really fully understand it. So, um, no, but Ryan Gosling was spectacular. That whole sequence when he realizes what the patriarchy is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That was very good. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's like, so I could just, I don't have any credentials, but I could just like walk in and apply because I'm a man. <laughs> it's pretty good. And also, yeah. I I have said multiple times now in my house, my dojo mojo. <laughs> yes. I've been seeing that everywhere. Love it. And um, can I have a brewski beer? <laughs> And there's a spectacular meme out there where it's uh, let me let, let me try to find it. Let's talk more, and then I'll try to find it because uh, it's it's pretty great. I'll share my screen when we get to it. Anyway, um, oh oh, and yeah, like go. the huge. Uh, speaking of great huge, <laughs> great uh, cameos. How many cast members from Sex Education was in the Barbie? Oh movie? my god, yes! Oh my god! So by my count, that, there was three. There was three. There was definitely three. Because yep. Jay and I talked, that was one of the first things we talked about. So yeah. um, Emma Mackey, Mackey, McKay, she was a Barbie. The dude that's like the, the gay football player was. Oh, uh, yes. Adam. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That one I did and, catch. Yeah. And then the guy that's his lover. like And uh, Eric. Yeah, uh, Eric. Chuchi Gatwa, who is yes, also. the guy that all, plays the, all the you kid nerds that he's hooking there. up with. Yeah, for all you nerds out there, the next Doctor Who. Yes, so I almost wonder if that was going to be the Dan Levy character because that actor would have been London-based. He's the black he was... guy that's the friend. Like the gay friend in Sex Eric. Education. Yeah. No, I, no, I know who he is in Sex Education. Oh, he, he, was he, was he was one of the Kents. He was one of the yeah. Kents. He was one of the Kents. But he has, he has bleached so blonde hair right now, which I think is part of his like Doctor Who aesthetic. So like ah. that's, I, I think that was probably going to originally be the Dan Levy Ken because I think that would have been an easy swap to make and like his star is like rising with like the you know coming into the role of the doctor so like, yes. eh. I, you know i'm not really in the prediction business but like i'm gonna i'm gonna make that prediction yeah. no he was great all the dance sequences oh my god like totally unnecessary but for me very necessary <laughs> when they like, broke oh, into the bossy yeah, like, like oh, we're died. doing this. We're going full on, like, old school, like, golden age of Hollywood mo- movie musical, like, full on soundstage dance number. I am here for it. Let's do it. It was so good. And, okay, 
the music choices were excellent. So closer to fine. Yes, closer. That song was sung at um, the wake for one of my really good friends who passed away when we were thirteen. And his her sister and her sister's best friend got on the guitar and played that song and sang it. So I've, I've always associated that song mm. with like life and death. And to have that in there, it was so perfect. Like if you listen to the lyrics, like, and it's even reaffirmed when America Ferrera's character is like trying to get out. Um, and then to have uh, Push be the song that the Kens are obsessed with. If you listen to the lyrics of that, like it's really, it's really perfect. Like they yeah. put some thought into that, guys. Yeah. yeah. Ugh, can't go wrong with the Indigo Girls. Just, can't go wrong yeah. with Indigo Girls. Oh, they're perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. And then like as it, Push was also the perfect song for them because you think like, mm-hmm. I want to push you around because like patriarchy, but then like you yeah. listen to the rest of the lyrics and it's like about like a lot of male fragility as well. So <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah, just like A plus. <laughs> hi stranger person that just came into my house my room uh, jay is here gotta get it went like to a, a queens of the stone uh, age concert i wanna push you <laughs> perfect timing scare the shit out of me you gotta get one of those big like um round mirrors like oh my yes like in the background thing yeah uh-huh but in this in this case, that's just like the, the camera. Yeah, if you're gonna sit with the uh, the door behind you. Appreciate. I'm so sorry to anybody's ears that I blew out when a person was coming around my neck, and I saw it at the last minute. <laughs> anyway, I wanna push you around. Well, well, I, will. Well, I will. Dog choices. It so was. And the uh, if you listen to the soundtrack, the soundtrack is good too. I don't. I'm not sure if we're supposed to like Lizzo anymore, but like I still like her uh, song on the soundtrack. Yeah. I heard it before the all uh, the the stuff came out. Yeah, um, I don't know enough you, about the controversy to take a side, so I'm just gonna just um, live under my rock. And it's not good. No, no, we can't. It's, it's bad, and there's a lot of pile on from from yeah. a lot of people, yeah, of including. Course. It's it's not it's not great. It it looks like it may have happened, is what I'm saying. No. And then she hired the the same lawyer that defended Johnny Depp. So oh, that's oh let's uh, yeah, that's, that's that's not great. This is not great. great. No, Lizzo. I know. Anyway, definitely recommend the soundtrack. The uh the Ken song is on the soundtrack. So yeah, uh, if Brian Gosling wins a fucking Grammy award for that random song, God, I hope so. It's so good. All of it is so Come on good. that, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, fuck you, Justin Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Jesus. Okay, let's focus, refocus. Um, the the Amanda, to go back about 20 minutes, you were saying something about how it was very different than what you had expected it to be. When I went in there, I expected it to be first 20 minutes are in Barbie world and then we spend the rest of the movie in the Mm. real world or Barbie is like making a change in the real world itself I did not I think I kind of thought that too yeah I didn't expect that's what I was thinking yeah back Back to Barbie land no I didn't yeah I didn't expect like Ken with everyone (laughs) yes with everyone (laughs) oh my god I am so glad that they kept the Will Ferrell stuff to a 
very small part. Because if it had been yeah. like Will Ferrellized, I would have been very annoyed. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the right amount of Will Ferrell. Yeah. Who there's a theory out there which Judy alerted me to that Will Ferrell is actually still playing the same character as his character in the Lego Movie. Because I haven't seen the Lego it. Movie, so I don't know. Can't weigh in. Yeah. Actually, so in yeah, the Lego yeah. Movie, he plays the uh, the bad guy in the Lego Movie, who the kid that's playing the Legos is actually. It, it's meant to represent his father who doesn't want him to touch, like doesn't have a lot of time to play with him because he's an executive and, or, you know, some, like he's some big shot and doesn't really have the time to play with him and doesn't really want him to like, you know, you know, just like overall annoyed, like with the playing. And then at the end, he kind of like ends up softening up and like playing with his kid. So there's a theory that that is an extension of that character where he was actually like, you know, a Mattel executive and he's more sympathetic to the Barbie stuff than you expect him to be because of what happened to him, like with this kid in Lego. Anyway, I guess we'll see if Will Ferrell is in the next Mattel movie. (laughs) (laughs) Which is going to be Polly Pocket directed by Lena Dunham. Oh, so I guess I'm going to go ahead and skip that. I mean, that just just sounds like an onion headline. I mean, how is that even real? (laughs) Like, okay, so we're going to go out, like, we're we're putting our Mattel, we're getting into the movie business, we're going to put our our flag in the sand, and then that's your (laughs) follow-up? To be fair, Um, I loved Polly Pockets. I did too, but you know who's supposed to play Polly Pockets? Yeah, uh, to, oh, who else is super hated and like annoyed by most? Oh God, who? Lily Collins. That's the chick from Emily in Paris. Yes, the Emily in Paris chick. Man, I don't, think I I like don't know. This. I mean, you know, it could be a thing. They're really investing that's, in women. I hope. That's true. I wish they yeah. would have invested in like less that's problematic Just women. Be, right. <laughs> that film doesn't sound like it's going to be for me, and like maybe that's okay. Maybe it doesn't have to be for me. <laughs> But the bummer with that is if that movie doesn't do well, then they might not make more movies. And well, I believe do we they... need all this like homogenization of no, anyway? no, like do That's like do true. we need no. Mattel to be coming in like Marvel and you know we're just no. you know, we're, I feel like we're already so up to our eyeballs and you know recycled IP that like maybe like Barbie can just be this shiny weird yes. Toys yes. that, all, that everybody can collectively agree much better that way a really great example well, of taking existing ip but also making it its own original art piece and i believe that they have said that there's no plans for a barbie sequel because like i think margo and greta are smart enough to realize like you know when you when you have something good you don't mess with it because yeah, just wait 30 like, years and somebody will right yeah somebody will remake but it like, but like they like, told a complete story it like it had a beginning a middle and story. end the story is told like there's really like you don't need to go further you don't need to go further like what are they going to tackle in the second movie like magas like they <laughs> what are you going to do here <laughs> i will say i just before i forget the the ending oh my god when so when, fucking when, funny so good which which ending the gynecologist yeah yes okay that was amazing and when I they're like that. of course setting you up to like think it's a job interview or something right no, i no, love that and you wear pink birkenstocks too like what job is she interviewing for i mean <laughs> so i love that that comes full circle with the um 
beginning, which was yeah. that women yeah. don't have to have babies to, you know, like you don't have to play with baby dolls. Mm-hmm. Also, do you think that there was the part of the reason that the conservatives are freaking the fuck out about this movie, other than it, can, it calls out the patriarchy in a, um, you know, very easy to digest way that uh, they were, you know, murdering baby dolls in the beginning? <laughs> <laughs> sure. They yeah. are very sensitive. Yeah. Very so, sensitive. Yeah. Um, no, the, the part that actually got me was when uh, uh, it, it, Lily Tomlin comes out as Ruth. And you know she's Ruth in the Lily very Tomlin? first scene. I thought that was Rita Perlman. Oh, Rita Perlman. I'm so sorry. You're right. Rita Perlman. Um, when she comes out in the, the first scene, you know, and she says, Ruth, like, obviously we know. And at that point, I'm like, God damn. I, if Alex was a girl, he really would have had a middle name Ruth. There's so many Ruths in my life. Um, but no, no, no. Um, so when, when you know, she she comes out at the end and she, Margot, uh, Barbie asks her, like, do I have your permission to be a real girl? And she's like, honey, you don't need my permission. You can do whatever you want. That's the part that got me mm. where I was like, damn, it's like that moment where, like, you know, girls become women where you realize I don't need to ask permission from anybody to go and be and do what I want. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Oh. That that got me. Every single outfit and costume in there was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And just the, the set design. Like I yeah. had read a little blurb about like the um the art directors for the film and how they really mm-hmm. like built the world to be authentic to like your Barbie experience. So like all the furniture is a little too small and like there's no water in barbie land oh i loved all the like you know like all those little little details yeah yeah that's great really like built this world yes which because it was so true to how we played barbies like Mm -hmm. you know she fake drinks the milk but she's drinking the milk for real like you know i love that so much there's no Um, stairs in barbie land exactly or there are stairs but like we didn't do the stairs. You never use them. Yes. <laughs> just how amazing. Off. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and how amazing was uh, Kate uh, McKinnon? Uh, always. Barbie. always. You can order real weird Barbie. So Mattel mm-hmm. is cashing in on this. I believe I believe she's quite expensive. But <laughs> you can order weird Barbie. She will be out in the spring. Of course. <laughs> of course. I think we all had multiple weird Barbies growing up. <laughs> yeah. I sure did. I was a big, so I was a big Barbie person growing up. As you guys know, my Barbies created newspapers and magazines and albums. Like I was a fucking world builder. Like, I don't know what happened to me now, but like I was a world builder. I was full of promise and hope back then. Like, yeah, well, weren't we, weren't we all? I did that with logos, but I'm, I'm right there with you. Hollywood hair Teresa was my favorite. She was always the star of all my things. She had long brown hair and big earrings, and she was great. I don't know. I just, I really, I love the movie. I thought, I thought it was all great. The dance sequence was particularly amazing. Yeah. The whole sequence. How funny was it when they were trying to uh, distract the Kens? I know Matt makes this joke, but like, they were like, watch The Godfather and say you've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> 
so good. I yeah, super fun. I definitely it's a movie that I want to watch again. You know, even more than more than a second time. Um, I could see it like being thrown into the rotation because also like I can't I can't commit all of the jokes to memory from one watch. So yeah. See, I've talked about it a whole bunch, and I've so I've that advantage going, and I've <laughs> looked at a lot of memes. Yes. Yeah, so let me. It's so so yeah, so fun. Let yeah. me share my screen real quick. Oh, did you find uh, the meme you were looking for? Is I this, did. Is this the meme you were searching? Yeah. So I thought you guys would appreciate this one. It's uh from uh, oh from much ado about nothing. And it's got uh, Emma and then Kenneth Braga. Uh, Brenna. Braga. Brenna. Because she's everything. He's just Ken. And that I, one slays me. I love those. I love those memes. <laughs> <laughs> Let me see. Hold on. There's a bunch of Oppenheimer ones in here. Oh, oh, you guys would appreciate this. So Oppenheimer, Esquire magazine had a thing. Does Oppenheimer have a post-credit scene? And somebody was like, you're living in it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> But this was what I was talking about when I was looking for it before. Uh, it was, it's from uh, Jack Donahue from 30 Rock. And it's, we know what art is. It's painting of horses. <laughs> <laughs> and that killed me because the, the whole thing where he was just like, you know, I, I didn't really like the patriarchy so much. Once I found out it wasn't just about horses. <laughs> wasn't, I kind of lost interest once I found out it wasn't all about horses. <laughs> Anyway, yeah. Now the marketing for this movie was spectacular, um, yeah. like completely spectacular. The the meme generator, the the Barbie dream house that was the Airbnb, all of it was great. It's just yeah. the the whole discussion of like the sort of barbification of everything and like Barbie pink. It's 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 interesting. It's like an interesting discussion to have, and I, I like knowing that Marvel or Marvel Mattel wants to go and be in the vein of Marvel, like make more movies. It's I, I'm curious. Yeah. You know, I'm not worried that this is kind of a lightning in a bottle moment. Cause I think it is a lightning, it in, a totally bottle lightning moment. in a bottle moment. And I don't think there is any, you know, and maybe just because, you know, we are sort of of the generation or, you know, I mean, there's so many generations that grew up with Barbie, but like, it is such a singular touch point that mm -hmm. like I, I I struggle to see how other other toys would have the same right because the other toys that have had the same luck they've already had movies Transformers right those like, well I guess Ghostbusters was a movie first but like Transformers has had like this whole thing and like there's if you go through like all the lines of like toys that are out there like they've all had movies and like you know comic books to like. This was Barbie's time. and Right. But I think also Barbie is singular in, mm. in the sort of intersection of all the things she represents. Yes. And I has agree. painted upon her. So I think, and I think that's really, you know, watching this movie reminded me just how much I respect Greta Gerwig as a filmmaker and sort of what she was trying to say and how she was really trying to address all of these things about Barbie that are all true that like you know there is this side of Barbie that like she is this much loved doll and she's this much loved toy and she's aspirational and like Barbie is president and an astronaut and like she's solved feminism but then there's yeah. this other side of like her body is this very unattainable 
ideal and like has the reverse effect, like that all these things exist about Barbie and they're all true. Yeah. And like there was just so much care to addressing and thinking about all of those things and how they exist together and like what that means and like starting to explore that in a way that was also that was interesting, but also had a like was easily digestible for the masses. Like it just, there's so many competing thoughts that all exist in this movie and they. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. And it just, it, it just, it's, it's such an amazing feat. <laughs> How did you feel about the fact that Barbie real had thoughts of death and was having these thoughts, by the way, her getting the flat feet was fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, how did you feel about the fact that it was Gloria and not her daughter? I thought that that was such a wonderful touch that it was somebody, a millennial, like in our yeah. generation. I that think it's like was, a, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Finish your, finish your thought. No, I was going to say that's who was more in tune with the Barbies than it being the stereotypical, like my, you know, a sad kid is having problems with their parents who are divorcing and like, here's that trope again. And like, you know, they're, using this as like an escape no it was it was a woman who is our age who has played with barbies growing up and like went back to something that comforted her where you know she was like drawing the pictures and like you know pouring her like the way that we or most of us some of us i don't know many of us had of like poured our souls as we were kids playing with barbie dolls that is what ended up. It was, it was the mom, not the daughter. And mm-hmm. I, I really liked that too. It was like a red herring of a twist. Yes. You know, it was like a twist, but then you're like, no, it's not. That's like the most uh, logical thing in the whole world. Like, of yep. course, like that yeah. makes much more sense than like, you know, a disillusioned Gen Zer being like, oh, I was playing with the barber. Like, of course that exactly. makes Exactly. When you stop and think about it, you're like, right, of course, like that. And I love that. Yeah. And I appreciated that because that really showed me that the movie was made for us more than anything else. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't know, though, if I completely agree. Like, I don't know if it's a movie that was, like, made for us. Because I do I do think it, like, it is a movie that was made with, like, mass appeal in mind. And I think, you know, I think Barbie has existed for much longer than our generation. So I think there are several, I think there are many different generations that would make that same argument. That's true. I think knowing that Greta Gerwig was born a year before us, I am more, I am assigning more of us to her than maybe fair. Only one year before us? Yeah, she's 40. She turned 40 on August 4th, the same day that Obama's birthday was. And Meghan Markle. Yeah, don't you have birthday? What a trifecta! <laughs> yeah, I did love. Oh, you know the other scene that really got me that just like got me in like the, the heart swells. So Barbie has never seen anybody that doesn't look you know perfect like her, and she's at the bus stop. Oh, yeah, and she looks at the yeah. older woman, and she just looks at her, and she's like, you could tell it's the first time she's ever seen somebody that looks like that woman, and she's like you're beautiful. And the woman's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I love that so okay. fucking much. Yeah. And this the great. whole time I was like, God, I want this woman to be like some Easter egg of an actor that I just am not privy to. Cause it, yeah. Or maybe like, I'm just trying to prescribe too much to it. And it was just like a really 
beautiful moment. And maybe that was also the point that it like, it was just like some old woman, which could have yeah, been I don't know. any old woman. I, actually, I have not looked up who that woman was, but yeah, it would have been fun if that was like, you know, one of the, like on the creative team of Barbies from know, like, right? 1970 or something. Right, yeah. right. But no, I just, I thought that was such a great moment. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. Um, okay, any other thoughts before we move into the feedback about Barbie? We're just going to do, I'm sorry, I know that we said we were going to do all the feedback this week, but I was just kidding. Well, I didn't uh, paste it into the outline anyway, so. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there we go. Okay, so we're just going to do Barbie, though, for now. Sorry, next week, swear to God, promise. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something, but yeah. Any last thoughts, though, about Barbie before we may get more thoughts with the feedback? It was great. I I really loved it. I really loved it. I loved that, like, that it was a very weird movie, but it was also a very (laughs) poignant movie. And, like, I'm really, like, I'm really glad that Mattel was, like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll. We'll we'll go with your, your weird vision. Somebody and told a weird movie, and like it was so good. Yes, somebody told them think of the products you'll sell. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and they're mm-hmm. It's like, um, gee, if more just like big brands and companies just like listen to different voices and like maybe gave other people a chance to like tell a different story. Like, I don't know, maybe we would just have more fun stuff to watch. Yeah, remember that time Obama told a joke at the White House Correspondents' Dinner about Donald Trump, and instead of just playing it off and building his real estate brand on it, he decided to run for president? God, that didn't end well. Um, Thank God Mattel took the uh, funny version. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, part two could really just be Will Ferrell, the Mattel president, running for president. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, stop. Oh, quick. Let's move on. Uh, Okay, but before we do feedback, uh, let's just get a one more quick commercial break in. Okay, here we go. Uh, All right. Feedback. Feedback. We're just going to do Barbie feedback. We'll do the rest next week. Uh, Jessica said, I love how some men are crying about how men are portrayed in the Barbie movie. Well, Barbie was never made for boys in the first place. She was made for girls so we could have a doll to play with that was not a baby. A doll that would show that we could be anything instead of just a wife and mother. And during the 50s and 60s, when she debuted, that was a big message. I always hate when people say that Barbie is not a feminist because of how she looks. Uh, But then ignore that Barbie has shown girls for the last 60 plus years that they can have any male-dominated career that they want. President, astronaut, scientist, lawyer, doctor, etc. Two things that she has never been is a mother or a wife. You know, just how that went for Mitch. Not great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She has friends that were both, but never Barbie herself. She's owned her own house, car, and horses. She doesn't need Ken. Ken needs her. He doesn't have a car. (laughs) (laughs) Ken got your right. (laughs) Oh my god, I never thought of that. Uh, it's true. I do collected. love the running joke about like, where does Ken go when he's not with you? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> As someone who 
collection and play with Barbies for many hours as a kid. This movie was a dream come true. It made me smile, laugh, and cry. The cast was excellent, especially Rhea Perlman as Ruth Handler. By the way, I want to see a Ruth Handler tax evasion movie. I yeah, like seriously. That, they, like, hit that pretty hard. Like, is this, like, a well-known thing about her? <laughs> it must be. And I think Greta is really, like, making a play to direct it. <laughs> okay. Give her the Please. keys to the dream house. I think she earned it. Go make whatever think, movies you want. Exactly. Um, America Ferreira's speech about how women have to be perfect but are never good enough is so true. I think we all agree. Uh, all in all, it was a great movie. For the men that are complaining, just shut the fuck up. No, seriously, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then Kayla had replied to her, uh, first of all, the monologue, always the irony that this is how women are portrayed in most media since the beginning of time, and they're complaining. They're so close to getting the point, but of course their egos get in the way. Like, Ken's sole purpose of getting Barbie to like him slash acknowledge him is literally how so much media has portrayed women. Also, it's anti-patriarchy, not anti-men. Big difference there. Yes. Mm. I think we do need to call out that distinction. It is... It's not anti-men because the men got a happy ending-ish too. It's anti-patriarchy. And that's what the whole Ken sequence is poking fun at. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just not that kind of happy ending because they don't have genitals. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, but I'm cha. <laughs> important <laughs> distinction to make. <laughs> Very important distinction to make. <laughs> also, okay, how many teen movies did we watch growing up? A lot, not 10 Things I Hate About You, that is the exception, but like a lot of like the exceptions of like the girl character was based on you know a man, yeah, or mm -hmm. the, the teenage yes. boy or whatever. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Kayla continues, uh, hashtag fuck the patriarchy, that is all. JK, love this movie. I felt all the feels very deeply. Just hope they have some more non stick figure representation as well as queer slash uh people of color in the next movie. Also, make it less binary in terms of gender. Uh, loved Harry Neff was featured fairly prominently. So we can move towards intersectional feminism. Other than that, I could watch Barbie forever. So much fun. Uh, so many good jokes. Such great commentary. And this is coming from someone who hated Barbies growing up. My mom tried to get me to play with hers, and I would immediately rip their clothes and heads off. Also, Saimu crushed it. Hope we get to see more of him and Issa in the next movie. I agree. That's true. We didn't even talk about Issa Rae and as Issa President Barbie. And That's right. The, that some of was her joke, amazing. Some of her one-liners, like I think what she had like 10 lines in the whole movie, but they were like 10 of my, of my favorite lines. <laughs> like, I laughed the hardest at most of the things she said. Yes. She was perfect. She was perfect. Yeah. Yes, she was great. I love that too. Matt says, I'd rather have you watch The Godfather while I talk over the whole thing. <laughs> also, can we just say the scene where they're all at the beach and the guys are playing the guitar? Yes. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. That was so good. So fucking true. Oh, I know. I love that so much. That was great. Um, and then we uh, can finish up with an email from Matt. Matt writes in uh, Barbie feedback and he says, hey, broads. So how many times can I use the phrase woke propaganda in this letter? Kidding. If you told me 10 years ago that indie darling Greta Gerwig was going to direct a Barbie movie with Noah Baumbach co-writing. That's her partner in real life. Yes. Oh. 
co-writing the script and that it would be one of my most anticipated films and ultimately one of the best of the year so far, I would have said you were high. You also probably would have made a run for it if I asked any follow-up questions for how the world is now. <laughs> That's fair. I have to imagine I'll be in agreement with you three, so I'll try to get this brief or at least a lot shorter than the last time. <laughs> This movie is a blast. The art direction and costuming are stellar. I'm sure you noticed the size of the pockets in Barbie Land clothes. Fuck yes. Margot Robbie was practically born to be Barbie. And the success of this is certainly welcome for her career after Amsterdam and Babylon bombed in quick succession. Her reported $50 million payday for Barbie probably helps. I don't know much about Amsterdam, but the Babylon movie was a Brad Pitt vehicle. And yeah. That's over. Amsterdam was a very disappointing movie. We watched it. Like I was excited. It was not very good. It was it was a real bummer. I, real bummer. I believe that's the one that Jay took his parents to when the kids and I were out of town. And he also was like, We thought it was gonna be great, and it was very boring. Yeah, I thought it was yeah. just gonna be like a little more clever. And it, yeah. The the trailer was so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought it was gonna be more of that, and it yeah. it fell yeah. a little flat. Yeah. Which was a real bummer because it had a lot of talented people in it. And whatever, we're not here to talk about that movie. <laughs> uh, Matt continues after seeing it makes all the woke grifters look all the more ridiculous. Obviously, obviously, there was he who shall not be named having a tantrum and burning Barbies on YouTube. Presumably, that was, oh, that was Ben Shapiro. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Presumably while his wife takes a bottle of wine into the bathroom to quote-unquote brush her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the guys who convinced no one with their opinion that Margot Robbie is mid. Oh my God, did you? Okay, you're not. What on, does that even mean? Okay, so this was a whole thing. You're not on Twitter slash X, whatever the fuck no. it's called nowadays. Yeah, who cares? There was, so Margot Robbie, there was a, a selfie or a picture of her that I believe that she took, but uh, she didn't have makeup on. And she was absolutely fucking gorgeous. Right. But some fucking douche bro incel took a screen cap and was like, ugh, she's a mid at best. She's like a five at best. And, oh, that's what it you know, is. Okay. Yes, the rest of us were like, "You fucking kidding me? Like she's gorgeous." And the whole fucking conservative internet, like all the all the you know the the Ben Shapiro people, were like, "Ugh, she's she's barely pretty without makeup on." Stupidest controversy ever. But anyway, yeah, man, you're really stuck it to the libs, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, sadly, Ken's story in the film could actually them yeah indeed but ken learned a lesson at the end and that was the point yep they made claims the movie was anti-men and that's not true it's anti-douchebag well anti-patriarchy first but the kens show how this can negatively affect men as well all the bad behavior they start showing off is ultimately driven by insecurity they crave validation to be smart manly and talented and instead just come off silly Ultimately, this is what happens when men think they're not Knuff. <laughs> I just love that so much. I, I know. The I am Knuff stuff oh is my really God. great. <laughs> so good. I'm sure there's other stuff I could bring up, but this is last minute. I'll wrap it up by saying I did the Barbenheimer double feature, and it was one of my favorite experiences as a moviegoer, especially since the pandemic. Huh. Certainly the entertainment I- world is in a rough place with dickbag execs not paying their talent and writing off shows 
for their taxes. And it looks like said dickbags have already learned the wrong lessons. No, we don't want a bunch of movies based on toys. <laughs> uh, but for the moment, that was Barbenheimer. Everyone won. Well, see you for the Saw Patrol, Matt. I think he means Paw Patrol. <laughs> <laughs> So it is interesting, though, that he talks about the executive dick bags with not paying enough. Margaret Robbie, I believe she's getting $50 million because of her production company. I don't think she's getting it because of her acting. Right. Hmm. Yeah. No, that, that makes a lot more sense. That makes Pay sense. your actors more. Did you see the- Pay your writers more. Like, basically- Your writers more. Pay everybody a working wage. I mean- Pay yeah. every- Yes. Did you see that- um, So Suits came out on Netflix and, like- I'm making this up, but I, I know it's in the billions, like three billion streaming hours. And the uh, writers, you know, the writers claim that they only got like a total of like $1,500 paid out. It's fucking <gasps> nuts. Yeah. Absolutely fucking insane. Wow. That many people shouldn't stream something and the people that wrote it yeah. get nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. You know, what were their... What were their original contracts? Probably didn't factor for streaming because that show is old enough that like streaming yeah. wasn't as big of a deal. Yeah, because that's that yeah, show. I watched that show around the time that Alex was born, and it was in like season four or five. So that show had to have started in like 2012 or 13. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Hey, your writers. There's people mm-hmm. more in general. Anyway, yeah. okay. Good talking to you, Matt. <laughs> And can Man, we say, is this two for two now where we're all in agreement yeah. with Matt? This email is Knuff. <laughs> yes. I do want to know what uh, order he did Barbenheimer. Oh, yeah, I please. Think, uh, I think most people did Oppenheimer first because it's three hours long. It's yeah, you got to get that one out of the way. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, speaking of uh, just Ken, though, I did want to say that I um, I know when we talked about it originally, the, the thing in French can't remember if I oh, talked yeah. to, to Frank about it or not, but I talked to him about it after the movie and I like explained the whole thing. Um, and I was like, does that mean anything to you? And he was like, absolutely not. So we are, yeah, we're like, I think there's two things going on simultaneously. The first one is that we're too old. And the second one, <laughs> yes. the second one is that we, it's been too long since we actually lived in France. Mm, so it okay. could you know like maybe if we were still there maybe some of the things that the youngs that the youths say you know come on your radar but if you haven't been there then so some of the things that the youths say in america come on your radar and you're like what does that mean <laughs> i know I'm but yeah that. so <laughs> you, he had no fucking clue no i i yeah yeah um overall love the movie yes yes yeah. And honestly, if it does sound to some French people like she can do everything and he can just fuck, then that's like even better. But you know something? That's kind of what Barbie saw him in the movie. And you know what? For many of us young women, young girls who were playing it and only knew about smoochy kisses, uh, copyright Bluey, we didn't know. We didn't know that, but that's all that was good for. For Barb to come home and like smooch a kiss with someone. So you know what? He just can. He just fucks. That's it. <laughs> just without genitals. <laughs> can I stay over tonight? And do what? And do or what? Why? I don't know. <laughs> so fun. 
Yeah. But no, yeah. but I did. I love that too. That like she actually didn't see him that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I did. I know, and I love that at the end. He went through his big revelation, and she did too. And she realized how she was treating him. And I love that at the end, the resolution wasn't okay. Well, then let's get together. It's like right. no. I have me and you need to find out, figure out who you are, like on your own. And yeah. I thought that that was really special, actually. Like that was really great. Yeah, yeah no, I, I really like that too. And I read somewhere about how uh, Greta Gerwig was wanting to make films about women, but that didn't have a romantic component. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, yes. Oh, yes. Little women. Um. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Which I, you know, I'm maybe I'll revisit someday, but uh, the 1994 version is just too embedded in my brain. But I appreciate, I appreciate. That. I know, I know. I, I appreciate the shit either. out of sharing stories about women that have nothing to do with any sort of romance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Overall, though, five out of five, ten out of ten. Ten out yeah, of ten. We'll watch again. Ten out of ten. 10. Out of 10. <laughs> maybe I'll call this episode ten out of ten. <laughs> ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah no it's definitely a movie i'm looking forward to watching again like to to shandy's point like there was just too many good jokes there was too many good easter eggs and nuance and references and things that like went way over my head that like i'm excited to to rediscover yes. in multiple watches Ex- yes and i was a big barbie person so i was really appreciative of a lot of the barbies that were shown Mm. especially like they even got in like the more obscure ones like the earring can and the uh you know uh fucking fuck buddy can <laughs> like you know <laughs> it was great it was great yeah oh to that point i went to go see it in alamo draft house and like their pre-movie programming was so good oh i was really? like what was it oh my gosh they had like old barbie like commercials they had oh, this whole awesome. oh, um, like edits of um, Ryan Gosling and how he's always been song and dance Ken. <laughs> oh, because of La La Land. <laughs> because of La La Land, because of Mickey Mouse Club. Apparently, after Mickey Mouse Club, he had a like indie band that was like Haunted Mansion themed. <laughs> they would dress up. Like old timey, and all the songs were like, oh my god, songs. and then it cut to like a clip of him, like, performing. and it was definitely like notebook era, like he had the shaggy oh. hair, and he was like, wow. you know, in like, you oh, know, man. Like a vest and like a, a white shirt and like the little bands around the elbows, and he's like mm. playing his old timey, amazing, and it showed like, um you know this old like 90s video from it's been making circulating around the internet of like him in like a a dance performance when he like pre mickey mouse club where he's just like the only kid in the dance the only boy in the dance class and he's like bust him move <laughs> and it was just a a plus i was like okay. primed and ready for the movie and like yeah nice go see it in an alamo draft house if you can folks two thumbs up alamo draft house yeah all right. Well, on that note, guys, thank you for playing. Uh, we appreciate it. Thank you to the patrons, especially the ones that contributed a certain level, including Eckhart Rigner, 
uh, Maggie the Magnificent, Joanne with a plan, and Ed the creepy poopy head mailman. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, if you have any feedback about this episode, I feel like we're all going to be game to talk about this for a long time. And mm-hmm. Oppenheimer and me. And, and, and I'll maybe get there Yeah, keep peer yeah. pressuring me. I will get to see Oppenheimer. Just, yeah. you know, keep the pressure on, folks. Yeah, keep the pressure on. Uh, the broadcasters through gmail.com or give us a call, 331-276-2373. Um, on that note, though, uh, we appreciate it. And we will talk to you next week. I know I said we'd be live for the patrons this week, but because I was solo parenting, I was... I did not know what time we could actually realistically start. And I did not know if it was going to be like it was a few weeks ago where my kids kept coming downstairs and I'd have to keep stopping and going back upstairs. So I thought it was going to be too disruptive tonight. It it magically ended up being actually quite perfect. I never (laughs) had that happen before. But next week we will be live for the patrons. I promise you that. So uh, mark your calendars or hangout level patrons for August 22nd. Okay. Well, on that note. Thank you guys again, and we'll talk to you next week. Any last thoughts? Nope. All right. Well, on that note, my name is Colleen. My name is Amanda. And I'm Shandy. Peace out, everybody. Bye. Bye.